Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. You're listening to The Flock on Fox 45 Podcast, presented by Sports Unlimited, with your hosts, Morgan Adsit and Rocco DeSangro. Welcome into a brand new episode of The Flock on Fox 45, presented by Sports Unlimited. I'm Rocco DeSangro. We have Michael Jaffe and Morgan Adsit. And we are sitting here to talk about the Ravens and their offensive coordinator hire. Uh, Todd Munkin, uh, the former offensive coordinator and quarterbacks coach of the Georgia Bulldogs, back-to-back national champion. And now he's joining the Ravens staff in Charm City. Um, what what were you guys' initial thoughts with the press conference yesterday? He touched on Lamar. He touched on you know why he took this job in Baltimore and left Kirby Smart staff. And uh, honestly, I thought it was a pretty solid press conference. Yeah, an offensive coordinator who's also good on defense. <laughs> Deflection. I like it. You got to, right? You can't put the offensive coordinator up there by himself and have him answer some of these questions about Lamar. But he had a little bit of a personality that I wasn't expecting. I mean, I didn't really have a lot going into it, but I but I like his approach. Um, I, I like his simplicity of it is just football. I'm not going to reinvent anything, but I'm going to do what I think is best for this team, and that's the strengths of the roster, building to it and designing an offense around that. And we, whether you played youth sports or you played in the NFL, you should get the ball to your best players when you're talking offense. That is in any sport – and it's amazing when that doesn't happen sometimes. So I like that approach, and I think that was a big selling point for him is whoever is on his roster, he's going to kind of design an offense and build to their strengths and get the playmakers involved, which we had not really seen from Greg Roman the past couple seasons. And I think with Munkin, he's prepared to coach with or without Lamar. He basically kind of... I don't want to say deflected any questions about Lamar. He said he was underrated as a passer because he had that narrative coming out of coming out of Louisville, and he touched on how like I I don't know like the the pass game. He's like I don't know why this team hired me because they were so good in the run game, and he's like I I don't know why they brought me up here because what they're good at in the run game. He's like, I'm not going to be able to make it any better. Which I'm sure the fan base yeah. was like, ooh. Like, yeah. I mean, I kind of, well, in my I, head, I he's, he's having fun with it and he's having a personality. Yeah. But in my, are you going to talk about the Joni Crean part? Is that where you're going, No, Jeffy? no. I, said, oh, I, I thought cringed. you were talking about John's no, I, was say, oh, I cringed. cringed when I heard that and I yeah. was thinking, did they just hire someone <laughs> who thinks he's not good enough for the job? Like, can you really have someone come up to the NFL already doubting themselves from day one? I think it was in a but modest, yes. right. playful yeah, fun. Yeah. Let me go back to the yes. Joni Crean thing before was, no yeah. one knows what I'm talking about. So John Harbaugh in his introduction, <laughs> yeah. and that's all he spoke. We'll get to that in a second. Said, really, Munkin came on his radar from his sister, who is married to Tom Crean, yep. who was then the Georgia men's basketball coach, not anymore, of, hey – you should think about this guy, Todd Munkin, and what he's doing at Georgia on offense. And that was another thing to me of, like, cute story. Is the fan base going to go wild? 
But, you know, one of 21 candidates, 14 got serious interviews, and John Harbaugh said we, they casted a wide net. That was the plan, and it was exhausting. Called it emotional, which was nice. I mean, they're interviewing these people for what he calls, you know, the dream job, a lifetime opportunity, which is very true. Everyone from the NFL to college ranks. So I think they did their due diligence, and I don't think they're getting, like, their 10th choice. I mean, I think this was, like, top five candidate all along, regardless of what was going to happen with the Eagles. And what you saw him do at Georgia – Georgia was not a high-powered offensive team really yeah. before he got there. They were dominating teams on defense, hard-nosed, grinded out SEC football. Munkin got there, and they're scoring at such a high clip, 40 points per game last season, 500 yards per game, and that's those are numbers that really stick out while they're not – you know, the top of the NCAA, they're, they're top five, both of those stats. So, I mean, it's pretty huge to be able to do that at with Stetson Bennett, who was not looked at as oh. really one of the better quarterbacks in college football before Munkin got there. He's a 25-year-old Heisman finalist last year. And to be able to do that, that's basically big time at that level. Oh, I mean, there are two things for me I want to get uh, Stetson Bennett's only what eight months younger than Lamar Jackson. <laughs> Anyways, not a doctor, but still in school. Yeah. It, it is still the college level. I mean, how many guys have we seen come up from the college level and just absolutely destroy their own reputation? Um, however, he has a proven track record in the NFL yes. before going back to college and is uh, coming back. I want to go back to the news conference where. He was describing the type of offense that he wants to have, mm-hmm. and that's spreading yeah. the receivers out, putting people in space. And then when he was talking about Greg Roman's offense, he was saying, well, you look at the injury list and then kind of threw the receiver's room under the bus a little bit and saying even when it was healthy, it was obvious this Ravens team did not have the personnel to spread out on offense, go empty, and get these quick hitters. They did not have the people to do it. And then when Bateman went down and Duvernay went down and even Prochet, it just, there was no one to get the ball to in space. It seemed like to me he was laying the groundwork to say, we need better receivers mm-hmm. and we need the ones we have to be healthy. And we're going to be creative. You know, we're, we're going to actually yeah. be asking them to do some things. What I liked, and I know we talked about it last week of, uh oh, his leading receiver tight end, and that was kind of like, oh, a Ravens fan's gonna be like, here we go again. They're gonna run the ball and throw it to the tight end, and and here we go. We're not gonna have a number one receiver. But he said in the press conference that that was because those were his best players, mm-hmm. and they even got in the slot. And he said, quote, pissed off our slot guys, which I like. Again, you're getting the ball and your playmakers' hands and making the offense creative around the talent that you have. And if there is a slim chance he's got Lamar Jackson at quarterback. That's going to be explosive, dangerous offense. We'll just see if that happens. Yeah, I think we could see. I mean, it wouldn't be saying much to have a career year for Isaiah Likely because it's only a second year in the NFL, but I think he's due for a big year. I think Andrews is going to be back to having a monster season. Uh, maybe maybe not this year, but maybe next under Munkin because he's going to get his best players the football, and Mark Andrews is one of the best offensive weapons on the roster by far. Um, so let's talk about this press conference. John Harbaugh was there but he didn't field any questions he just kind of had his opening statement he thanked the candidates that interviewed with them and kind of sent them on their way and he praised Munkin got into that talked about Tom and Joni Crean mm-hmm. and kind of went off to the side and Munkin did his thing did you find it odd either of you guys that 
John Harbaugh, in the situation that the Ravens are in right now, the franchise tag window opening yesterday, did not field any questions. I think it was the Ravens playing it smart, but I just found it like you're not going to you know, answer any questions about anything that's going on because people want to know. In, you know, reporters, people outside, yeah. um, fans. It's it's just like this is really a, a weird time for Ravens football right now. Which is not the way that he normally does it. I mean, yeah. Mike McDonald last year, he was there. There was a table. There was multiple questions for Mike and John. I will say John Harbaugh has been in an incredibly difficult situation, and he mm-hmm. has done a hell of a job, All of even Ravens players, of having to speak for Lamar when we're not getting those answers from him ever when we have the opportunity to talk to them, talk to him or when he's injured and we never see him again. That's a hard position to be in. You are the face, you are the head coach. So those questions come his way, but I thought he did a really good job and always has of taking those questions. So what was one more press conference? I mean, there was going to be good questions about Munkin and only Munkin and about offensive philosophies. And there were going to be some questions about Lamar as far as the status in the future, but he normally is up there for that. That was a surprise to me because when we go to these, we usually have them. I was there live yesterday covering it. I was anticipating having some questions for Harbaugh. And when we walked in, there's just a podium. And we had heard before he wasn't going to talk. But it, it kind of put Munkin in a interesting situation. He handled it well. I mean, he wasn't going to answer those questions. And it's easy for coordinators to kind of deflect those. And that's what we had. And he had six days to be prepared for these questions. I mean, he was hired a week prior and had been in town for six days working on those things. So none of it would have been a surprise. And I think there's a way to take those questions and answer them honestly without giving away too much. And just the uncertainty of like, you can always say that's an upstairs question. I I kind of understand maybe his mindset of whether I like it or not, or whether we like it or not. I get the mindset of not wanting to do that because it's Todd Munkin's day. This is about Todd Munkin. He just got hired, like not to take away from that, but a big part of Todd Munkin's hiring the offensive coordinator position is the starting quarterback and the star player of your team. That's for any NFL team. Mm -hmm. Who is your starting quarterback? Yeah. For, for me, it wasn't so much a Harbaugh question to answer at this point anymore. I honestly don't care what he has to say. I want Eric DaCosta to come forward or even, you know, Uncle Steve to you know come down to the castle and either say, this is our quarterback of the future. We are willing to do what it takes to get the deal done at some point. It's going to be a process. It's going to take a while. It's not going to be pretty, but we're going to do it. He is our quarterback of the future and of the present, but that's not happening. And every day that goes by, we know we are closer to either a franchise tag or a trade. No one has come out and just flat out said he's going to be here for a while. There is no po- no reason not to, in my opinion, at this stage, because there is no leverage on either side. Everyone knows I either get my forty five million franchise tag or I get my you know forty five million a year in cash up front. Mm-hmm. That's we know that's going to be the deal, or no deal. There's going to be no deal. Well, they so, they they did say. Uh, Eric DaCosta did say, and so did Harbaugh, that they want Lamar to be the quarterback of the future. Harbaugh said 200% they want Lamar Jackson to stay here and get a deal done with him. So it's like, I I get, but that's that's what I'm saying. They have said it, and they've said it in a bunch of different Mm -hmm. ways, and it's almost like a message to Lamar, like, we want you here. Answer we your phone. We don't. Yeah, exactly. We don't, <laughs> we don't know how often they're talking. We don't know how often they're Not negotiating. Yeah. We don't. They could be. This tag window could open, and Lamar. Lamar well, could be just doing but, his but thing. I right. Actually, and the talking thing, Munkin 
on the job for a week, has yeah. not spoken to Lamar Jackson. No. I appreciate his honesty of that answer, and mm-hmm. then he tied in quickly. I haven't spoken to any players. You haven't but, talked to the quarterback with a talent like him. Not even a text. In a week. And, not even a text. That's what I'm saying. And that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. I agree with Morgan. This goes above Harbaugh. There's, there's not much more he can say or do at this point. It, it's down to Steve and Eric. Yep, the guaranteed money is up to ownership. Are you going to spend that money? And then it's up to Eric and then also president side, business side, to finagle the salary cap and figure out how you're going to make that work. I wish that, and I know they're not going to do it, It's we're never going to hear the number um, until it actually happens or it does happen, but I wish we knew the number. I We know that he wants... Deshaun Watson money and the guaranteed, but I wish we knew the exact number. I think it's that, that number plus mm-hmm. that plus, plus whatever plus, plus one. one. I wish yeah. they would just it say be, it. It's that number it plus one. I wish they would say it and just say this is what we are giving him. This is what he wants, and it's like yeah, yeah the, the sources and the reports and this and that. But like, I I would love to hear it from the Ravens. Like this is the number that we're looking at. This is how far off we are right now without throwing Lamar under the bus. This is what we need to do to make it happen. But it's I mean. In football, I just feel like you're never going to hear that from from these sides negotiating. It's all going to happen behind closed doors, and it has been. And we don't even like, like we said, we don't even know what's going on or how often they're talking. Well, even the tag too. It's like okay, so they're going to tag him, right? You're not going to let him hit the open market. So we'll know by March seventh that just, deadline <laughs> if he's tagged, and that tag still means nothing. It yeah. is yes, he could play with us under the season for anywhere from thirty two million to forty five million, depending on which tag they use. The exclusive one, I think, would be the smartest one because I think he's worth more than two first round draft picks, and that's what would happen with the non exclusive. Other teams can still negotiate with him. You can match. You could lose him for two number one. I think he's worth more than that, so I think we're looking exclusive for $45 million. But even if that happens, okay, great. Maybe you have him for one more season. You have until the summer to work out a long-term deal. Doesn't I don't think that's going to happen or get any closer to it. So are you really just going to rent him for one more year and hope? Is he going to bet on himself for another year when he's, when he's had the last two years injured? I think he's done enough, yep. but that's not how the NFL works with players' contracts compared to other leagues. It's not fair. It's not right. But the Deshaun Watson thing, never going to happen again. The Angie's List you know and trust is now Angie, and we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews, but now we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie, and we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today. It's if I'm a Ravens fan, I'm I'm sweating a little bit right now just thinking about this because the likelihood of a trade happening if he gets tagged, it's just gonna increase as days, months, you know, weeks, months go on. And honestly, at this point right now, it would not surprise me. I'm not saying it's gonna happen, but if Lamar Jackson wasn't under center for that first game in a Ravens uniform, because if you look at this you look at the cap you look at what they could get for him and you look at how this team is built right now and you want to you want to keep key guys you want to keep these players and you're going to want to pay everyone and make them happy if you could bring in someone that you think maybe on a cheap deal that you can surround them with and, and win you a super bowl or get you there the ravens might be thinking that but but I don't know what goes on behind closed doors none of us do so they're not contenders if they trade him 
in my opinion. They don't have not the receipt. No, no, not for this year. You're going and into rebuild. Everything mode. they've yeah. done to build around him, you still have a good offensive line. You still have a good run game. But everything that they have done to spend money and to try to spend it smart, knowing that this is coming up, especially on defense, it's going to be catastrophic. Yeah. They have no one to give the ball to. <laughs> run. They have J.K. Dobbins. Yeah. Well, they don't even give it to him. <laughs> well, I guess that's why they have a new offensive coordinator. I think he was going to like what Munkin had to say. Right? <laughs> that would be nice. It's just going to play out. Yeah. You hope it doesn't play out that long because even if he's tagged, Lamar does have a decision to make, and whether he makes it externally, he needs to make a decision internally of where am I going to be? Am I going to sign this franchise tag, which he does not have to do? Am I going to sign it and show up this summer? Am I going to show up before summer? Am I going to be there before in OTAs? Am I even just going to like have communication and get the playbook whenever those rules are allowed to be able to get it with Munkin? Am I going to do that stuff or am I not going and to? He's he's more likely to get the actual money he wants elsewhere than in Baltimore because, you, like you said, we're not going to see that again. Someone will overpay for him. Oh yeah, and I, I don't want to say overpay. I'm, someone will give him what he wants. Well, look that at what the look, it depends about your franchise. The Ravens are not going to give away. They want sustained success, and yeah. that's what they've been able to do. And then you hopefully you strike gold like they did a couple two couple seasons too, and you get hot and you win the Super Bowl at the right time. Always going to compete in the division. Always going to be in the playoffs. But then you look at a team like the Rams. What what is it worth to you as a franchise? You, you know, do you want to win now, win once, and then be a dumpster fire after? It it just depends. And like you said, there there is a franchise that's going to want to win now and going to give give up those draft picks. It's at least three number ones, right? I mean, at it's least absolutely should be. Yeah, and and on top of that, the market this year is probably going to be set by Daniel Jones. And, but that that that, work, that but that's they're gonna but be that's working the on crazy him, but yes. thing. right but like he is in the same contract situation right now as Lamar yeah. Jackson and Hurts too right well Hurts is still a little newer right he's still he he's was not, year after he's not, he's not, in not in at that, that first same round well and then they yeah. didn't take but he's when when he does get paid you're oh sure. yeah 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 like, but he sure still but has I'm talking about like year. right now as far as you wear those rookie contracts and Jones didn't get the fifth year picked up so like right so so Jones is going to have you know whatever Jones gets, Lamar is going to have to look at. Okay, well I'm getting more than that, mm-hmm. and where is Jones' contract going to be in relation to Watson's? And there are rumors that he wants forty plus million too. Yeah. So Lamar is going to get paid. It's and, just a matter of where it comes from. At and this he point. needs. I mean, you know, of course, new office coordinator. You want him there. You hope he's there by midsummer. And this thing is just, it's a tag. We've got him this season. We hope to keep working on it. He doesn't have to do any of that, of course, but you hope that he does what he's probably. And if he's waited this long, why not wait longer? Because Joe Burrow and Justin Herbert, don't forget about them. The Cincinnati, the way it it sounds and feels that is going to happen this off season for Joe Burrow. So you need to look at those numbers if they get nothing close to Deshaun Watson, which they shouldn't NFL ownership hated that deal besides Cleveland. And it was another Browns being Browns moment. But if you look at those numbers and then you can kind of figure out where he is. So is Lamar Jackson Joe Burrow right now? No, not really, because he's been to two back to back AFC championships and he's been to a Super Bowl. Is he Justin Herbert? Absolutely. He's got the better individual stats, but as far as taking your team and winning, very similar. Lamar's the edge up. Those numbers are going to dictate a lot for him, too, if they happen. Completely agree with that. Uh, Let's switch sports. So there's so much uncertainty with Lamar Jackson. There's also a lot of uncertainty with the Orioles. 
their lease runs out December 31st with Camden Yards. Like, I can't even imagine, and this, I don't think this is going to happen, but imagine if this city loses Lamar and Camden. <laughs> and the Orioles, yeah, and then Camden Yards, one of the most beautiful stadiums so ever. So bad, empty. But I don't see that happening. No. And I, I, you know, I think they're going to get the deal done, um, long term think- extension with you know on the lease, and everything seems like it's going to be fine. They, that's that's really what John Angelos made it seem like when he talked and uh, spoke during spring training. He said, "We're committed. We want to be here," and he hopes that fans can get like an All Star break. Mm-hmm present and they can get this deal done like in july so i'm not gonna begin to act like i know the business dealings of (laughs) of of getting that all together but i do agree with and jack you can touch base on this like the current thing was a little dated as far as still going back to the 90s as far as what that stadium is going to be used for and how you make money and i understand the orioles from john angelo's family perspective wanting a little bit more from maryland stadium authority wanting a little bit more from maryland probably wanting a little bit more from taxpayers i mean of just trying to get something in writing for a very long time to make sure that they stay and play there yeah from what i've been seeing and reading about the current deal in place is that it it had limiting factors for other events year round Mm -hmm. concerts it's been a struggle when it comes to seeking permission to book them and going through the maryland stadium authority and it's just a total wasted opportunity when you see the acts that have come through the city it just imagine that three or four concerts a year yeah. at the stadium during the summer. It was just a huge attraction. And then you talk about other conferences and events that can use the ballpark space in the winter. You've got the concourses there, the warehouse, yeah. everything is. Other sports that you can use it yeah. for. You want to play a football game there. I don't know, you know, how friendly it would be there. Do you want to play any kind of international type baseball, like any kind of like summer youth college things? I mean, there's a lot of ways to make money there that's not just around the Baltimore Orioles but I I mean from what they've said this would be a bigger lie than the Ravens losing Lamar Jackson from everything has been said by every <laughs> angle if they left and it did not happen I would be shocked oh yeah so do I like it, I, I, I would agree with that too. and I think it's major like... the big point is Rob Manfred even said it Major League Baseball has said it for this has been going on for a while mm-hmm. that They want the Orioles to stay in Baltimore. And that's good to hear because if you have the commissioner of the entire sport saying that, like, we want this team to stay there because Camden Yards is just like, I I can't even imagine any other team or, you know, sport playing there. And it It says a lot to the stadium and the architecture behind it and and everything and how they didn't want to keep the warehouse, but they kept the warehouse. I mean, there were so many cool, interesting, historic things that went into that. You look at Oakland, I know it's much older, but that's a dump. Like, if the A's are going to leave Oakland, it makes sense because your stadium is a dump. And, and it has been. But Canman Yards is not. People no, no, still no, refer to it as a new ballpark, and it's more than 30 yes. years old now. Yeah, it's insane. It's crazy. The only the, thing that's like, ah, it doesn't or- have open concourse. But that's like, that's a whole, that came later. That's a whole, the way that yeah. they were built later. But it is absolutely beautiful. It's well, stunning. It's everyone's favorite, if not top three. That design, despite not having the open concourse was a nod to Wrigley Field and yeah. Fenway Park. Yeah. It was specifically made to look like. And then on top of that, it was what two or three teams have opened a second stadium since Oriole Park is open. Like the Rangers, the White Sox totally redid their stadium. Uh, who else? The Braves oh, have yeah. opened two and then they stadiums. Put, that's yeah. what you don't want to ever see happen is like you're still the team, but then you're like, you know, 30 minutes away. Yeah. So Cannon Yards, I think 
Orioles. It's all there to stay. No, I, I time, agree. I'm just stirring the tell. pot a little bit just because I can. But, yeah, we'll see what happens with that with Lamar. Uh, it would be nice if the Orioles, for fans, spent a little more, got a big-time free agent. Um, they, they talked hmm. about wanting to eventually – spend like a big market team but it seems like they're nowhere near that point in time if we want to touch on that real quick before we go sure uh, I, I think that's from going from the lowest payroll in all of baseball a season ago and now I believe they're second to lowest it's it's only up from here or it should only be up from here for them and they need to open up the checkbooks a little bit and start you know bring someone big here bring someone maybe yeah. not this season but next off season, like Hit a home run, no pun intended, with Manny. a big-time free agent. <laughs> oh, that would be great. You're going to start to have a lot of bargaining chips, too. I mean, we're, we've been talking about spring training, whether it's here on this podcast or just on air or just here in the office, of they don't have a lot of open spots. There's a lot of pitchers competing for the rotation. That'll kind of all shake out to see how the bullpen goes as well. Infield, basically locked up. You need a couple reserves. Outfield, for certain, locked up. And then those top prospects – Beside, if Grayson Grayson Rodriguez should be on the opening day roster, mm-hmm. Deal Hall should be on the opening day roster. But besides from those pitchers, your top prospects after that, we're talking infield, outfield. Some of them at AAA, kind of they're going to be ready to go by summer. So are you going to start to use some of those bargaining chips to make a run? Did you were you really surprised about last season's success like everybody else, and that's why you didn't spend? You're banking on these young guys really leading the way. I don't know. They might stub their toe a little bit just being so young, and it's a grind and a full season. Mm-hmm. It might not that it was a fluke, but I wouldn't be surprised if there's some struggles this season. I think like you, you kind of touched on it. Like this season will really be a test with all that, and you, you're you're gonna wait and see if these guys pan out like they're supposed to, because there's a chance that they don't. There's a chance that they get injured, and that'll really be the test. If you, if you see this year and you're you're sitting back and you're Michael Elias and you're like, all right, we're set here, 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 and here, but this is where we need to improve. Then that's where those bargaining chips come into play, and you could go to a team and say, hey, we need a right fielder or we need a second baseman and we have this, 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 and that to offer you. Uh, having covered this team's mm-hmm. prospects in the past, in a past life, mm-hmm. <laughs> a decade ago, there, this organization has a history of overvaluing their prospects yeah. than the market. Now, right now they're not the rest of the league views this right. stockpile as holy moly. We got to get one of them. The A's already poached a shortstop prospect and the Orioles got a, legitimate starting pitcher back a reliable healthy starting pitcher we're, we're talking about a rotation that will have probably two rookies in it and we're not even talking about john means right i mean that's how it should be there's competition people will get sent down and disappointed and have to fight their way up as for signing veterans i i just don't buy it from the angelos family that oh we're a small market team we can't do it when you look at what the padres did in a similar situation they had the stockpile of prospects and they said hey we don't have to pay these guys for six seven years depending Mm -hmm. on when we call sign manny sign hosmer sign a few starting pitchers and then by the time those contracts expire okay now your rookies are starting to get paid and you're letting these guys go we're trading them for more prospects yeah i would have liked to see a higher end arm for the rotation i would have liked to see a better middle of the order bat those have mm-hmm. been the two things i think they could have easily done to bring the youth movement and mix all this up together and actually be contenders they're talking that they're postseason contenders i i certainly would not disagree with that but it didn't happen last year surprise last year they were close but it still didn't happen be nice to see some postseason baseball this season in Camden it's Yards. So much fun! Yeah, yeah, so it, would, it would be fun. unbelievable. <laughs> I kind of want my first taste of that as a uh, 
as a media well, so person. So far, you've been the bad luck charm with the Ravens. So I was a good luck, go. but I was a good luck charm for the Orioles for a little bit last year. I was mm. told, but it, yeah, not not at all. I'm usually it's it's the Rocco curse, so <laughs> I hope curse. hope I don't bring that on the entire. So on to 2024. <laughs> on to 2024, yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Who gets an extension first, me or Lamar? <laughs> oh my god! We'll have to wait and see. All right. Well, thank you so much for tuning in to a brand new edition of the Flock on Fox 45, presented by Sports Unlimited. For Morgan Jaffe, I'm Rocco DeSangro. Uh, have a great day. You've been listening to The Flock on Fox 45 Podcast, presented by Sports Unlimited. Stay up to date on the latest Ravens coverage. Check the Sports Unlimited tab on foxbaltimore.com.